Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, so I'm excited that I get a chance to uh, share with you guys this, uh, this message on just being a work in progress. Um, so it's always been my mantra, so to speak. Uh, whenever anybody talks to me, I always say I'm a whip, right? A work in progress. I'm a whip. I'm always, there's always something going on. There's always some improvement being made. I'm not there yet. Um, but, but tonight I get to talk about being a work in progress, but I have scars. So to start this off, I figure why not embarrass myself with a stupid story that's caused scars. I was helping a friend back in 1997 put a roof on his house, on his porch, actually. We tore all the shingles off and we put the new wood down and we're going to reshingle it. And I had this brilliant idea that I was going to put a four by eight sheet of plywood up there and I was going to tack it down with some nails and I was going to snap a line and I was going to cut that in place with a circular saw while standing on this piece of plywood. The plywood was going to fall into place and the, the other piece was going to be held in by that nail that I tapped in. So I walk up there, I cut it, I set that saw blade at 3 8 inch because it's a 3 8 inch piece of plywood and I thought I am not going to make a mistake to cut myself. So I cut that plywood, I get all the way to the top, that sucker falls right in place perfectly. Then the nail pulls out and I spend the next couple seconds going through what I really call a cartoon phase. You ever watch the cartoons like Scooby-Doo running up a roof? Well, I'm running up a roof while I'm sliding down the roof on a piece of plywood. And I get all the way to the bottom or the top of the sheet of plywood and I'm standing at the bottom of the roof in the soffit. You guys, the soffit is that thin aluminum. And I'm standing there and it feels like eternity, but it's just a split second. Like in the cartoons when a roadrunner goes off the cliff or the coyote goes off the cliff and he's like, don't, right? So I don't, I fall straight down. I chicken winged both trusses. I still have the circular saw in my hand. Nails are sticking out of the trusses and they scrape me from both sides all the way up into the armpit. And then guess what? Both trusses break. Boom. I am laying on my back with a circular saw in the air like it's some kind of Viking sword and I'm going to hold it till the day I die. Uh, and I throw, finally I throw it down. I get up and I'm just, oh man, so much pain coming up and down my arms. And I look down and somehow that circular saw skipped across my chest as I was doing all that. 18, inch, 18 stitches later, I learned a lesson, right? I learned a lot of lessons that day. But the, the first lesson was, hey, dummy, cut plywood on the ground, slide it up, then put it in place. Uh, the second one was maybe don't go after you get to 18 stitches back and finish the job. The nurse made me swear I wouldn't do it, but I went back and I finished the roof that day. Third one was don't go to your father-in-law's house and throw hay bales afterwards. And the fourth one is, and you guys are gonna love this one, always, always, always call your wife if you're going to the ER. <laughs> your wives don't like to find out after the fact that you had 18 stitches and you're back on a roof. Scars, scars are visual reminders of things that have happened to us. Scars are visual reminders of things that may have caused us pain. 
we talk about visible scars, we're talking about damage that has been done, right? Scars are damage that's been done. It's healed. That's the thing. You know, we have scars to remind us as believers. We have scars to remind us too. But physical scars are something that reminds us. It's something that may have caused us a lot of pain. Somebody in this room may have taken two years to heal, and somebody may have taken two months to heal, but we have healed. But there's a reminder of it. When a wound is wide open, it's subject to infection. But when it scars over, now it's just a reminder. So we can't leave the wound open, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We talk about visible scars. It's damage that's been done to us previously. Uh, it leaves a mark, and it generally, in most cases, it shouldn't leave us the same, right? If we have a scar, if we have gone through something traumatic, we should have grown from it, and that's a reminder of some of the growth that's taken place. And I keep pointing to here, but I can, I can point to right here, which tells me I need to look up on a construction site when I'm jumping through a door frame because I got stitches here for an angle iron that I dove into one day. I got chunks out of my knee because I uh, wasn't looking down. Well, that reminds me, guess what? I got to look down when I walk when I'm walking on a construction site. right? So I have all sorts of visible reminders, and I think, really, if we start going around the room, we'd probably get to maybe the second or third table before the night was over on everybody sharing which scars they have, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> All right, so physical wounds alone, uh, they're easy they're easy to deal with. We have physical wounds, you know, we go to the doctor, we get stitched up. Yeah, like I said, it may take a couple years, it may take a couple months, but we will heal for those physical scars. Uh, they reserve, uh, I, I put it here on John 20, verses 24 through 27, and I th this is the best example, right, of, of physical scars. There's a couple reasons, but John 20, 24 through 27. But Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with him when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my fingers in the mark of the nails, and put my hand in his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger right here. Look at my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. And Thomas responded to him, My Lord. And, and just to finish that section, Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you've believed. But ble blessed be those who have not seen me and yet believe. Right? Those are visible scars that Thomas got to see. We're those guys, right? We're the blessed are those guys who have not seen and yet believe. So the next one is uh, invisible scars. Invisible scars, although invisible wounds can be the result of a physical wound, they also can be caused by other people's actions or our words and actions. You know, when we hurt other people, or other people hurt us, there's not usually this red flag that sticks up and says, hey, I'm hurt right now, or hey, you know, how do you fix what you don't see? 
Uh, most, you know, a lot of us are married or have been married, and we understand that, you know, wives give us pretty good symbol, signals to let us know when we're, we're messing things up, right? Uh, but there are a lot of people out there who hurt people and cause wounds to people that it never deals with because, one, they're good at, they're good at stifling it, right? I remember when we first got married, I used to tell my wife, uh, she would cook dinner, and I, my favorite meal at the time was lasagna, and she would go, I made lasagna. And before I even tasted her lasagna, I'd be like, oh, yeah, man, my mom used to make a mean lasagna. Why don't you call your mom and have her make you some lasagna then, champ? <laughs> right? <laughs> what? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was good lasagna. You're, yours is fine too, I, I think. Right? Or she, she would cook dinner, and I would go, mm, this is great, honey. This is really good. Like, and she'd go, what, for me, not for mom? You mean This is great dinner, you know, for you. You could cook. That's for you. It's no good as, like, like my mom's, I had hurt her feelings, right? Um, or I would always say, hey, you know what would make this better? You know? Yeah. That's, right? We learn, we learn these lessons. We learn these lessons sometimes the hard way, and sometimes we're just smart enough on our own. I've, I'm thick. I'm thick. I need like a big sign and flashing lights to let people know or to let me know when I've hurt someone's feelings. Or I'll, I'll go home after a night, and Jamie will be like, hey, you know, when you said what you said, like, you know, that kind of hurt their feelings. I'm like, what do you mean? What I say? You know, like, well, no, I mean, I didn't mean nothing by it. They should just suck it up, right? They got to know, right? As guys, as guys, we do that, but that's because we do that ourselves too, right? Don't we usually just bottle up feelings, Right? We just kind of bottle it up. Hey, we'll just let it go. Our words, it's our words and actions. It's a mystery. <laughs> That's right, it's mission impossible. So, hey, invisible wounds, these, these invisible wounds or scars that we have, uh, they're mental, they're emotional scars. Uh, they can lead to some spiritual problems. They can be caused by things like, like uh, affairs or lies or divorce or bad relationships. They can be caused by our friends. They can be caused by our family. Perfect strangers can cause these kinds of scars on people or, or wounds. Uh, even animals, right? Uh, my wife was attacked by a dog when she was, I, I'd say, six, she said. To this day, she has an anxiety attack. If a big dog charges at her and wants to be, even just wants to lick her face, she can't control how she feels. Those scars are real. And whether we like it or not, um, we can be responsible for causing scars or wounds in people uh, or having them caused to us. If undealt with, this kind of pain will play itself out in your life over and over again until we do deal with it. Uh, so imagine, right, imagine if you will, it's not a scar, it's a wound, right? We talked about this a, a little bit ago. Wounds are something that is raw. Wounds are something that can be affected. They can be poisonous to your body if they're not dealt with correctly. Right? Scars are something that is healed. It's our responsibility to heal, 
It's our responsibility to help others heal when they're holding something against us. It's our responsibility to confront them, whether it's our fault or it's their fault. It's our responsibility as believers to go. I remember, again, when we first got married, and I use a lot of married and, and me and my wife experiences because 25 years now, it all just runs together, right? We first got married, whenever we got in a fight, I would just go, whatever, it's okay. No, we need to talk this out. Whatever, it's okay. I'm good. You know what? I'm upset right now. I'll go to sleep. I'll wake up tomorrow morning. Everything will be rosy. And my wife's like, hey, moron, that's not how that works. We talk things out. If we don't talk things out, we don't make them right. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk through it. I don't want to be a sissy talking about my feelings and stuff. Who cares about my feelings, right? It's, it'll, I'll get over it. It's toughen it out. Maybe it's just the old Marine Corps way of just, hey, suck it up, buttercup, right? But, hey, you know, she wanted to get things settled. My wife doesn't like to have things on the table. And so it took me a while to understand that, that hey, guess that's, that's what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, and if we don't, and if we don't handle these issues, then we, we ball them up. You know, there's, a, there's that old science guy who used to say that, or, or a comedian or whatever, said guys have all these different boxes, people have all these boxes in their head, right? And guys have, we got this thing where women can have 18 boxes out and operate out of them all, but guys have to operate out of one at a time. You know, so I'm talking about football. It's just my football box, right? And I put the football back, back up nice and neat, and let's talk about work. Hey, let's talk about church today, right? Every time I put them back up, well, guess what we also have is a let's bury this for later box. This my feelings don't matter box. When you don't deal with those feelings and you don't deal with those emotions and you don't deal with forgiving people who've caused them or asking for forgiveness when you cause them, that box starts to fester and boil up. And suddenly you want to talk about football and somebody brings up something and guess what you're doing? You're talking about all that other anger they're like why are you so angry about football dude what's your problem why are you so angry about anything well it's because i haven't dealt with something in my life that needed to be dealt with and i'm harboring it that's not the biblical way of handling our problems uh, jesus even says when i talked about spiritually this can affect us spiritually he says if you forgive others when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you and then in Luke 6, 37, he says, do not judge and you not be judged. Do not condemn and you'll not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. So here's, here it is. Forgiveness is the first thing. Right? Forgiveness should be first. We should always be seeking it. If we're not seeking it or granting it, our relationship with God is being stifled at the very least. And let me just stop right there for a second because I think that we need to understand that it took me a while. Is I don't just become a Christian today and all of a sudden everything's better, right? That pain and that hurt and all that anger, all that stuff is still there. I have to deal with it. But that means I need to understand God's word, which means, hey, I have to read it. I can't just be a butt in a seat on Sundays and think something rubbed off on me. 
I have to know the word of God. And then guess what? God starts to unfold and apply and open up a little passage at a time. And then suddenly, 10 years later into my Christian walk, God says, hey, Sean, it's time to deal with the issue that you have. And guess what? It's, it's time to deal with the issue that I have because I have grown and matured spiritually to a point where now I can deal with this stuff. And if I don't deal with it now, what's going to happen to my growth? It's going to stop. Not until I start doing what I'm called to do by God will I be able to hit that maturity. We're always going to be maturing. Nobody is going to hit it and be there. We're always working towards the end goal, which is maturing in our faith. And God always has a way of letting me know, guess what? You thought you were getting closer? Boom. Here's, here's a whole new world of stuff you got to get working on. Right? You got work to do. And then, you know, basically he's saying too is how can you accept God's forgiveness and then turn around and deny it to somebody else? Have I not just said that my standards are higher than God's? When has that ever been true? But it is. That's what I'm saying. I've put myself in God's place because basically, you know, you're, you're going to go to hell for the way you treated me and other people. But no, I'm going to heaven because, you know, I can accept God's forgiveness. But you can't. God's forgiveness is not for you. Does that work? I'm not in that place. Need, none of us are in that place. Uh, if I cherish sin in my heart, you would have not heard me. If I cherish sin in my heart, if I don't forgive, I'm sinning. So how much, how effective is my prayer life right now? And I, some of you guys have heard this story. Most of you guys probably heard this story, but I can say it again. Is, is uh, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. Until I was about nine years old, my dad was the guy that all the kids wanted to go and play football or baseball or hang out and because and, my dad would be the guy that would race you up and down the road until I was about nine years old everybody in the neighborhood enjoyed hanging out with us because they knew my dad was cool and we had a great time um, but sometime after that he kind of lost it he started drinking too much spending more of his time in the bars um, and he turned into somebody that we didn't recognize he, he would lie just to get ahead. He would steal. He would drink. He would do drugs. Um, it wasn't the guy that I was raised knowing up until that point. And so it took me a long time to understand that that's where it was at. It took me probably nine years before I was finally, probably seven years before I was finally like, well, this, is, this isn't working. He caused a lot of pain in my family's life. He forced my mom to be the breadwinner of the family. He forced me to actually have to cook for my younger brother and sister, help pay bills, get a job. I had a paper out and a cooking uh, at a restaurant, and I was helping to pay bills. Right? He forced roles on people. They probably ought not have had to have to do that because that was he had decided that he was, you know, that that was more important. Maybe he didn't decide. It was a chemical addiction, right? Or, um, but the problem was, you see, he was a hurt person because his father, about 10 years before that, had killed himself. And he did not know how to deal with that pain. 
Guys, sitting in this room and knowing the word of God tells us we know how to deal with that pain. It may not be easy, but we don't go to the bar and try to drown out the memories when you have responsibilities to God and you have responsibilities to lead your family. And I just, I share this because, you know, that was a wound for me for a long time. You know, praise God today, I can tell you that it is a scar and not a wound. Because that wound was healed. It was only healed by God. It was healed by God. And, and there are people in this room, uh, you know, Carl for sure, who've heard me tell that story. And I could not say it without screaming and being angry. Every time I talk about it, that anger is gone gone because God has delivered me from it. God has the power to deliver us from whatever hurts are in our heart. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've been the one that's hurt someone. Is that wound still open? If that wound is still open, there is work to do. And guess what? The people that you speak to may not want to forgive you. But you go first to God, you go first to God, you get his forgiveness. And then we work on the rest. Then we go to others. If they choose not to forgive you, that you have the peace in knowing that God has forgiven you. You have the peace in knowing that you did the right thing by the word of God. And if, it, if the opportunity should arise again, well, then by all means, you take it. But as for right now, you would have that peace. You don't hold yourself accountable. The Bible says, you know, um, I pre forgetting what's in front of me, I press on towards the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heavenward, right? Forgetting what's behind me, I move forward. As a believer in Christ, I move forward. I don't look back. I make sure I do what I, I can do. You know, but like I said, I bore that emotional scar for a long time. Uh, so much so that it affected my family because I was still dealing with the wound, not the scar. I didn't make a scar. I had a wound. I always tried to be a dad who was better than my dad. I always tried to be a husband who was better than my dad was to his wife. Well, guess what? I was comparing myself to the wrong standard. I could always win that battle. I could always end up, hey, all I had to do was stay out of the bars. Woohoo! Success, right? All I had to do was show home and sit, show up home after work every night and sit next to my wife, and there I was. So, but was I engaged? No, I was not engaged with my family's life because I was so concerned with making sure I was just doing better than what he did. And then I guess what I got to reading God's word and seeing His standard for a father. And now I'm convicted. That's what I was talking about earlier. You know, God opens up his word a little bit more at a time as we become mature enough to start reading it and accepting it and being convicted by it. Uh, it's always there, but sometimes we're just not swift enough to get there. In Matthew 5, 23 and 24, he says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift uh, at the altar... And remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. S 
spiritually, our relationship with God is not complete when we're harboring anger, when we have wounds that we refuse to heal. Our walk with Christ is never going to be right until we deal with those issues. You got to take your wound, you got to turn it into a scar. You got to take that wound you caused and turn it into a scar. Uh, Jesus basically says right here, I don't want your offering if you can't forgive. That's not mincing words. That's saying it. Your relationship with me is not going to be correct until you learn how to forgive yourself and forgive others. He says, how can you accept something from me that puts scars on my head, on my hands, on my feet, in my side, and then turn around and say no to someone else? Because they hurt your feelings. Or, they, or there may be real traumatic abuse, and I don't want to downplay that at all tonight to anybody. You may have some real trauma in your lives, uh, and so I'm not downplaying that. But Jesus is saying, if there is that kind of stuff, it needs to be dealt with. There's a, a lot of people that are out there working on trying to make things right on their own, and it just doesn't work. You can't bury that stuff deep down inside, guys. Uh, next point is scars that we cause. How about that, right? We all are responsible for hurting somebody's feelings, hopefully not scarring them. But even if you don't mean to hurt someone, it doesn't mean you didn't do it. And there again, you know, I was a little rough when my kids were young, and I didn't mean to be rough. That doesn't mean it didn't hurt their feelings. And, and my wife was really good on helping me catch it. She would be really good on pointing it out to me, letting me know when I did something like that. And, and you know what? It's, it's okay. Um, but we may not intentionally try to hurt someone's feelings, um, but there's a reason, there's a reason, right? If, we have, if I have that hurt in my heart or that open wound that I had at that time, there's a reason why they say hurt people hurt people. I know it's cliche and everybody says a hundred times, but it's true. If you've got anger or rage or hurt that you haven't dealt with, well, guess what we do is we pass that along. Like I said, my dad, he was hurt because his father took his own life, could not focus, and he turned around and he passed it on like it was something he could hand out all by himself. Hurt people do that. It makes them feel a little bit better even when they're not thinking about it. They're not trying to make everybody miserable. It just happens. As men, uh, we can hurt with our words. We can hurt our families, uh, in our family relationship with our wives. Um, we're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to think we have, you know, we think, well, I'm the guy in the family. Everything falls on my shoulders. I've got the right answers. Uh, when, and when sometimes things don't go the way you want, you kind of start snapping. And I know nobody here probably does that, but I've heard that that happens. Um, sometimes when things aren't going the way, that's a, there's a reason why my kids say there's dad, fun-loving, kind dad, then there's vacation dad, right? Vacation dad is the dad that usually erupts about twice, who has some kind of issue where everything's not going the way he had it planned. Um, so there's, that's vacation dad, right? But we, I, when I do that, I usually have to go back through and apologize to everybody. I mean, I, one time... Well, I'm not going to get into that. 
There's plenty of times, but I'm not going to get into it. Um, you know, our family needs us to set the tone. We're supposed to be the spiritual leaders of our home, um, and we need to set the standard. You know, I have kids that, are, that have hurts. I have kids that have wounds. Um, and we, as parents, need to show our children how to handle those wounds God's way. And, you know, they got to do the best they can. And, and although, as parents, right, it's not like when we were, they were young, we just pick them up and put a Band-Aid on them and, and tell them it'll be okay. It doesn't do it. Now you have to just sit back and be an observer and watch your kids go through the ringer and just promise all the support in the world that you could possibly give them. And then understand that they're still going to do it their way. And all you can do is pray and trust. Pray and trust. Our, act, our words and actions have consequences. We don't always anticipate what we're going to say and how it's going to come out. And we don't always think about, well, if I say this, there's so many people in the room that's going to be offended. But I, I don't analyze myself that way. But the truth of the matter is that we probably will hurt somebody's feelings and what I say and what I do. Um, and if I do, I would want somebody to come talk to me now. But that's Sean, 27 years into his walk with Christ, real walk with Christ. I mean, I, I started as a young kid, but I didn't know any better about what I was doing. But I've been an adult for about 27 years to where I can say I've really accountable, been accountable for my faith in Christ. And that's me saying that. That's me saying that. It's not the young guy who's, who's trying to figure it out. Uh, so I don't think about that stuff. So I, when I was young, I would be combative. But now that I'm older, I want people to tell me if I'm doing something wrong because how else do we learn? How else do we grow? And, and hopefully I didn't say something so messed up uh, that it hurt somebody so bad that they would never want to talk to me about it. You should always want to be forgiven by God first. In 2 Samuel uh, chapter 12, verse 13, a uh, little background. So David, David had uh, just basically, you know, had this affair, if you want to call it an affair, because he basically took this woman against her will because uh, she was married to someone else. And uh, I think it's the polite way of saying it, I guess. But, I mean, he took this woman who was married to someone else and slept with her, got her pregnant, which is Bathsheba. And he slept with her, got her pregnant. And when her husband wouldn't come home and sleep with her so that he could have the perfect alibi, then he murdered her husband as well, right? So Uriah the Hittite was Bathsheba's husband. And so he murders Bathsheba, and Nathan the prophet comes in there, and he says, hey, check this out, David. You know, you sinned. God's calling you out on it. And then David says to Nathan, oh, I sinned against the Lord. I sinned against the Lord, and Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin, and you're not going to die. End of story, right? End of story. That's just perfect. I'm not going to die. No, it actually turns into a little bit worse. First of all, there's this guy named Ahithophel. I said it right the whole entire time before I came, I promise. Ahithophel. So I will say Ahithophel. So I know that's probably not it. But there's this guy, Ahithophel, who is King David's number one advisor, right? Ahithophel is like the most trusted advisor. If Ahithophel said it, you did it. And he was his trusted advisor. But he, guess what? He also uh, 
he also was Bathsheba's great-grandfather. Not great-grandfather, grandfather, sorry, one generation removed. So he's also related to Bathsheba. And if he's his most trusted advisor, there's a pretty good shot that he's within earshot of this statement. Right? Going back to the sometimes we speak without thinking about what it seems like to other people. You know, some translations say, against you alone, God, have I sinned. Would that sting if you were in a room and you were a Hithophel? Against you alone? Against God? Are you kidding me right now? No, not against you alone. How about against my poor granddaughter? How about Uriah? How about the family they wanted to start? How about the relationship? All that other stuff. Are you kidding me? Hurt, right? Hurt that we cause without even thinking about it. Wounds that we open without even thinking about it. So, and this plays out, and you can read it in 2 Samuel in chapters 13 all the way to 17, but to give you the quick cliff note version of it is Nathan told David he was going to have the sword in his hand till the day he dies. And so his kingdom was being divided by his own son, Absalom. Absalom, oh, by the way, he was a hurt individual because his stepbrother rapes his sister. Dealing with that pain, he plots his course to kill him. David decides that it wasn't worthy of death, but he has to shun his son for somewhere between, I think, three and five years. Right? Another hurting event, instead of talking to your son, you push them aside because they've disappointed you. Granted, our kids aren't killing people and we're like, I can't deal with you because you killed your stepbrother. No, we're not dealing with that. But our kids sometimes disappoint us. Right? It's up to us then to bring them back up and not just beat them down. So David, though, he keeps them away from him until he burns down Joab's fields. But anyway, David then speaks to him, lets him back in the city. And now he's fighting, and guess who gets to be? Guess who gets to be Absalom's number one supporter? Ahithophel. Right? Hurt, hurt, hurt. All these people hurting each other. Ahithophel's life now is governed by revenge. He wants to kill David. He's trying to get David killed. David's spy confuses the message. Absalom refuses Ahithophel's advice. Ahithophel goes. How about I take a whole bunch of men and I do it myself? I won't kill anybody but David. And they're like, no, we're going to go with this guy's advice. His whole life was plotting to get revenge to David on David, and he realizes his best opportunity is not going to be available to him. He goes home, he sets his affairs in order, and he hangs himself. Hurt, hurt, hurt. People not dealing with problems God's way. David was the only one that did, but he he caused a lot of problems in, on his way to it. When we sin against God, first and foremost, uh, we need to understand that all sin is against God, even though people are involved. Uh, we, we need to have a repentant heart. We need to approach God and get his forgiveness first, and then we need to move on to the others. And we need to make sure that's what we do. We don't say, well, God forgave me. Right, all done, time to move on. No, God forgave me, 
now I need to make these relationships right. And let's bring it back to the way it's where it's supposed to be is, hey, as as believers in Christ, we're supposed to help bring other people to Christ. And if we're not representing Christ's likeness, we're not going to be able to do that. And if all we're doing is upsetting the apple cart, well, that's not going to work out either. Living with scars. So what do we do with them? We all have scars or wounds. Um, first of all, if you have scars, that means there's healing that has taken place. But if you have wounds, we got to deal with them. So if we accept forgiveness that God's given us, uh, then we need to start forgiving others, like I keep saying. Forgiving ourselves, for then we need to start forgiving others who have scarred us, forgiving ourselves, and forgiving ourselves uh, for some of our self-induced scars, right? We have to be able to forgive ourselves for the stupid moments that we've had. Uh, there are people that I've wronged in my life that I will never see again. So I, that's the time where you have to go, God forgive me, give me an opportunity to, to make that right, but if not, please let me sleep tonight knowing that I'm forgiven. Uh, these scars can no longer hold us back. These wounds can no longer hold us back. The only power these wounds have is the power that we give them. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. In Christ, we're a new creation, right? All that old stuff is gone. I don't have to think about that unless it's something drastic that I have to go back and make right. Forgetting what's behind me, I press on, right? I press on towards the goal. I'm trying to live a righteous and holy life. That's what God has called me to. He has imputed his righteousness to me by the scars in the hands of Christ and his feet and his side. I'm imputed his righteousness. I can't get there on my own. And I can't walk around this world not forgiving myself. Look, we're all, we're all human. We're all dudes. So, you know, we were all young and, and full of, you know, energy and all this other stuff. And, and we did a lot of things that some of us look back and go, I don't know how I made it to here. Right? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know why I'm here right now, and I don't know how I got here, but I'm praising God that I did. And we just got to figure, you know, that that is in the past. I press on, I press forward, I press on towards the goal, because the goal is to be with Christ someday. And that means I want to be like Christ today as much as I can. That means Christ said, forgive. I was reading in James last week, and he and we talked about it in our ABF um, where he said uh, the meekness of wisdom. You know, James is great about saying our faith is all about works. Our works don't get us to heaven, but our faith should be shown in our works. You know, wisdom is an action. Faith is an action. If we desire a relationship with God the way we're meant to have a relationship with God, then there are actions for us to do. That doesn't earn us our salvation. It just says we got work to do. We need to be sincere then when we go to other people, whether it's for something we did or for something they did, and we need to go sincerely to them. That means we pray it out. 
If I, when I finally decided to, to forgive my dad and try to move past that, I, I, I heard a great sermon by Butch one Sunday, and he said, he goes, if it's your fault, you go to them. If it's their fault, you go to them. If it's nobody's fault, you go to them. Get it solved. And I go, I'm going to them. Hey, Dad, I just wanted to tell you, um, I had heard this really great sermon today. And you know what? I forgive you. And then he said something to me. I forgive you too. Are you kidding me? Right? I'm like, are you kidding me? You forgive me? Who do you think you are? I lost my junk. I lost my junk, and I ruined my testimony, and I went back to church at night because we were doing Olympians, and all the Olympians leaders and us, and we got together, and we prayed like it was our J-O-B, which is it is. But we prayed, and I got home that night after Olympians, and I tried take two. And I called, now I really needed forgiven because I just chewed my dad out, you know, even though, you know, even though he deserved it, right? Um, no. But I just, I just chewed him out, so now I have to apologize and ask him to forgive me for chewing him out, and which, of course, he did because he's already in a forgiving mood. Um, and then I was able to make that right. My relationship was never right with my dad again. I, I never saw my dad probably uh, except for right before I, I introduced him to Jamie as she was my fiance, and then we never saw him again for 25, well, 20-some years. Um, but my relationship, my heart relationship, my unforgiveness was there and it was done. And that day, this wound became a scar. And, and today you guys have probably wounds that we need to turn into scars. And so we're going we're gonna to go into our groups. Uh, we're going to talk about some questions I put. Look, I got four questions and I know this is, a, this is a deep topic. Not that I'm deep, but the topic's deep. And, and so pick a couple of them, because I think one of these questions could last you 15 minutes. So pick a couple questions, and, uh, you know, how do you deal with your scars? Have you had to overcome an emotional scar? If so, would you be willing to share it? Have you had to ask someone to forgive you for scar maybe, or a, a wound that you caused? How'd it go? Share it. If there's an issue in your past that you still need to reconcile, then what's stopping you? And if you don't answer these questions tonight, you take them home and answer them. And, and if you want to talk, even afterwards, I will be here and I will talk. Because I really feel like these are some things that we all need to deal with. I'm not an expert. I just had this one that was really horrible that I was able to deal with for myself. But there's... I would be willing to stay and talk to anybody that needed to. So, but go ahead and into your groups. We'll take about, I think, yeah, 12 minutes probably. And then I got a little bit more after. can see now with open eyes 
darkest water and deepest pain I wouldn't trade it for anything Cause my brokenness brought me to you And these wounds are a story you'll use So I'm thankful for Sending in confidence with the strength of your faithfulness, and I'm not who I was before. No, I don't have to fear anymore. So I'm Without them, I wouldn't know your heart. And with my life, I'll tell of who you are. So forever, I am thankful. I'm thankful for the scars. Cause without them, I I loved that song well before I knew I was going to teach on scars. Um, Interesting, you know, I go on YouTube, I find this song after the song is the comment section. And, you know, usually you try to shy away from comment sections on YouTube. Every, I I found no comment that was like derogatory or or hateful. Or I saw comments like, (coughs) I was a heroin addict for 10 years. Um, I'm one year sober. I'm one hour into my sobriety, and this song has really helped me remember how to deal with my past through Christ. 
I mean, comment after comment after comment of people who have victory in Jesus. It was just, I was listening to this song. I was reading the comments, and tears are streaming down my face like a little baby um, because it was, it's just so beautiful to see that, you know what? We know it, but it's beautiful to see that the word of God and the sacrifice of Christ changes lives. You know, we have victory in Jesus. We are delivered. We don't live in fear. We don't live in regret. We live in victory. Christ has given us that victory. We forget what's behind us. And we press on towards the goal. Guys, I thank you for coming tonight. I want you to remember one thing, and that we were talking about this back there, is, is um, you know, once we can figure out how to forgive and be forgiven, we tend to capture those things in advance that could be hurtful and dismiss them before they become a wound. So let me pray for us. Guys, like I said before, if you, if anybody wants to talk and you need someone to talk to, man, I'm, I'm right here. I will, I will stay after. Father, we thank you so much for your, your scars, Lord. The, the, they're not wounds any longer, Lord. There's victory. There's victory from those wounds. The scars are proof. Uh, we don't have to be like Thomas, Lord. We don't doubt. We know you because we've accepted you. I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know you, Lord, uh, that they would come to know you tonight. And if there are men in this room that are hurting uh, because they have wounds and not scars, Lord, uh, that they would deal with them, that they would come to you. They would ask you, they would ask others, they would seek out your word in their lives, Lord, so that they could apply it uh, to those situations. Lord, we are meant to live in your victory, not defeat, not what we did before, that's the, that's the power of the evil one looking to disrupt the message of Christ, and we won't have it. Father, we thank you for uh, these men tonight. We thank you for your message. And uh, I just pray, God, for safe travel for each and every person here. God, we love you. We're so thankful that we're allowed to get together tonight. I ask this in your son's name. Amen.